They're going to come back out this door. I want you to lose your minds when they come out that door right there because that was awesome. If your neighbor wasn't liking that, punch your neighbor before they walk through that door real quick. There they are. Give them it up, man. That's awesome. That's killer, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Man, I love that. That's good. Man, that was some serious cardio, y'all. Dang. I don't know if y'all are wearing Fitbits or whatever, but you got your steps in. Golly, some people in my section were over here sweating watching. Man, that was awesome. Frontline, I was thinking, listen, listen. I don't know if you've ever thought about starting a frontline aerobic class, but a bunch of people from Summit would join. That's sweet, man. I love that. Holy cow. Uh, Man, I was watching that, and I was like, I should have preached first. Why did I follow that? Dang it, man. But I did get the memo on all black, so I, I got that one down, man. That's awesome, man. I love that, man. Thank you guys so much for coming, man. God bless you guys, man. I love that. I love that. Hey, I'm going to pray for us, and, and uh, I want to show us uh, something uh, from the Word of God here today. All right, let's pray. Jesus, I just pray right now. God, I just thank you so much for what we just experienced. God, I just love the fire and passion. It's evident, God. And, and Jesus, let that, let that bother some of us who can just kind of stroll in every week and stroll out and, and nothing we say or sing hits our emotions, but a basketball game hits our emotions. And, and all kinds of other things hit our emotions and our heart and our mind. We're captivated by so many other things that a million years from now will not matter. A million years from now, Jesus, you will matter. And so, God, wake us up to that. God, we need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded that what we have sung about and, 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 and what we've proclaimed this morning, what we're talking about, this is real. And there is nothing greater than that. There is nothing greater than the gospel and what you've done for us. And so, God, open our hearts to it today and our minds in these few moments that we have here as we open up your word, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so go ahead and take a Bible. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, all right? We are in our Multiply series. What we're doing is we are trucking through the whole New Testament. We started this the first Sunday of January, and we will finish this with the book of Revelation on Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is a different books or set of books. Today we're doing three books, because today we are in the pastoral epistles, Okay, and when you hear the name of that, you're thinking, well, I don't know if that really uh, matters to me. I'm not a pastor. Well, number one, you are right. This is Paul writing to two pastors, Timothy and Titus. But the second thing that I want you to see before we're done here in an hour and a half is, that's just that's a joke, that's a joke. Um, the second thing I want you to see is that, listen, listen, just because these are three books written to pastors and you might not be a pastor, don't walk away from this thinking, this is not for me. I think that everything in here is for every one of us, no matter how young or old you are, especially the one word that we're going to talk about today, all right? And, and so, so, so before we dive in, I think to really understand it and to really uh, get us in, I think we need to know a little bit about Timothy and Titus. So who is Timothy. Well, well, here's who Timothy is. Timothy uh, meets Paul in Acts chapter 16. He's a teenager, and, and as a teenager, he, he, uh, he actually begins to go with Paul on his missionary journeys, plant churches and things like that. And when Paul writes 1 Timothy, several years have passed. 
Paul has gotten old, uh, Timothy rather has gotten older. And he's still a young man. We're going to see it in the verse we're going to read in just a second. But, but most people think that he was probably somewhere in his 30s, okay? And, and, and several things we know about Timothy based on some things that Paul said. One is Timothy had a lot of health issues. He apparently had something, some stomach issues, and it bothered him every single day of his life. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul actually gives him some advice on how to deal with his illness that he apparently never was healed from, got better from, or anything like that. Another thing we know about Timothy, Timothy was very shy. Wasn't loud, wasn't extroverted. Uh, in 2 Timothy 1, Paul actually tries to bring Timothy out of his shell and says, listen, Timothy, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. He's trying to bring Timothy out a little bit. And another thing that we know about Timothy is Timothy struggled with sin. Specifically, it seems to be the sin of lust. And, and, and I don't know how big of a deal this was in Timothy's life, but in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2, Paul actually says to Timothy, Timothy, treat the, treat the women in your church as sisters in Christ. But then he throws in this phrase, with all purity. So here's what you need to know. Timothy was, was shy. He, was, he, was, he had some physical illnesses that he never got over. He was, he was introverted. He dealt with sin, struggled with sin in his life, and he was a leader. In fact, he was a pastor, and he preached the word of God. And so on the other side, you've got Titus. Now, now we, uh, you can read Titus, and you could read Titus probably in less than 10 minutes. It's three really quick chapters. Ty, whereas Timothy is shy and introverted, Titus meets Timothy in the book of Acts. Uh, Titus meets Paul, rather, in the book of Acts. He also begins to go on missionary journeys with Paul, and Paul leaves Titus in a city known as Crete. And Paul wants Titus to build up the churches there in Crete and help them to get on some strong footing, get established. Titus seems to be the opposite of Timothy. Timothy was really shy. Titus was very bold. Timothy was, Timothy was really withdrawn, kind of reluctant to be out front. Titus was ready to go. Titus was passionate. I mean, Titus just seems like the kind of guy that was ready to charge hell with a water gun. You know what I'm saying? And, and Timothy wanted to make a difference too, but he was just kind of reluctant about it. And I love that, I love that God gives us these two guys, these two leaders at the opposite end of, of the spectrum because I think that if you and I looked, we could find ourselves in one of those guys. Right, We could find ourselves with some similarities with these people. Some of us are extroverts. Others are introverts. You'd never say it because you're an introvert. Uh, some of us are really bold and excited, and others of us are, 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 are not. We're, we're, we're just kind of shy and timid. Others of us, man, we, maybe you've got a physical issue that you're dealing with, and maybe others of you, you're extremely healthy. I don't know where you are in here, but I think that we can find ourselves in one of these two men, and every one of us in here, every teenager and every woman and man, every single person that's in this room right now, we all have one thing in common with Timothy and Titus. And it doesn't matter how loud or shy or quiet you are. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible that you know. We all have at least one thing in common with them, and it's simply this, that we all have influence. Every one of us. Every person in this room has influence. And that's what Paul tries to bring out of Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says this, "'Let no one despise you for your youth, Timothy.'" Set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. See, Timothy, Timothy has influence, and Paul is trying to bring it out of him. He's saying, listen, don't run away from the influence that you have. And so the first thing that I need our church to see today, and this is true for all of us, we all have influence. 
In, in fact, can we all say that together? Can we all say that together today? Let's say it. I have influence. Now, maybe you have a, a big platform of influence, or maybe you just influence a few people. It really doesn't matter. You have influence. I mean, you might be sitting there and you're saying, listen, you're talking about Timothy and Titus. These guys sound like leaders. I'm not a leader. I want you to know you're a leader. John Maxwell, uh, world-renowned for leadership books and leadership coaching. Leadership, he defines leadership as simply this. He says, leadership is influence. And, and so every one of us have influence. You have influence over your kids, maybe, if you're a parent. You have influence over your brothers and sisters. You have influence at work. You have influence on your team. You have influence uh, online. You have influence where you live. Listen to me. When you talk, if people listen, that's influence. And it doesn't matter how many people are listening, but when you talk, if people listen, you have influence. Jesus even saves us to have influence. Did you know that? Jesus says, you are the, anybody finish it, the salt of the earth. Here's this one. You are the what? Light of the world. What is that? That is influence. Say, so, well, I'm not really into the whole influence thing. I, I, Mark, I'd really like for my faith to be this personal, private thing that I never tell anybody about. Okay, Jesus talked about that too. In fact, Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, when Jesus says this, if anyone denies me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. So Jesus did not save you for this personal, private religion that you pull out of, a, out of your pocket on Sunday. Jesus saved you to have influence. It's not a question of whether you have influence. It's really a question of what will you do with the influence you have. And with our words and with our actions, with our lives, we can influence, we can point people to Jesus or we can point people away from Jesus. We can use the influence we have to point people to ourselves or we can use the influence that God has given all of us to point people to the one person greater than all of us, namely Jesus Christ. So what are you going to do with the influence that God has given you? I want to challenge our whole church today to, to make this simple decision just to say, Jesus, I want to leverage my life and use it to influence people for you. I, I want people to see you in my life. I want to be a man of God, a woman of God who uses influence for your glory. How can you do that? Two ways you can do that. Here's the first way. Number one, drop the excuses. First way you can do that, first way you can say, you know what, I'm going to lean into influence. First way you can do it, drop the excuses. Paul tells Timothy that simply this in the beginning of verse 12. Let nobody despise you for your youth. Because Timothy could have used his youth as an excuse for why he can influence people later, just not right now. Does that make sense? See, we can take Paul telling Timothy, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. We can take that and flip it to whatever excuse you or I might be giving to God right now for why God can't use you to influence people for him. We could say it this way, let nobody look down on you because you're old. Right? Now, you don't amen that because you don't want to own that one, but I hear people, Mark, listen, God can't use me, I'm too old. And I just keep pointing back, people pointing people back to the fact that God seemed to be using people in the Old Testament 99, 100, 200 years old. Bro, if you're breathing, God's not done. Okay? So God's got something for you to do. So, or, or, or don't let anybody look down on you 
Because you don't think you know, you don't think that that you don't think that you know as much of the Bible as that person does. Don't let anybody look down on you, or don't let the car you drive, the house you live in, don't let your current circumstance or situation be an excuse for why God can't use your life to point people to Him. Drop the excuses. See, Timothy could have said, "Listen, I'm young." I'm just going to kind of shift into neutral and cruise through this season. And maybe when I get about 50 or get some more experience under my belt, then I'll really start speaking up for God. Then I'll really let God use me. But for right now, I'm too young. We do that, don't we? God, God, I, God, I want people, I, I wanted to use my life for influence, but you put me in Hazard, Kentucky. Who influences people from Hazard? God, I wanted to have a big platform and to make a difference. I wanted to be the next Billy Graham. But God, look where I live. Look who my parents are. God, look at my family. God, look at this, look at this, look at this. And do you know what we're really saying when we do that? What we're really saying is we're looking at God and we're saying, God, you messed up. That's what we're saying. God, you messed up because if I was in charge and I was calling the shots and writing this book, I wouldn't have had me born here. I wouldn't have had these people be my family. I would be smarter than I, than I am. I would be more popular than I am. God, you messed up. And we use our situation and our circumstance as a reason for why God, why God can't use us. But listen to me. If God is as good as we say, if God is as faithful as we say, then, then what if we looked at our situation and our circumstance and say, you know what, no matter what my situation is, it is by design from the good hand of God, and I'm not going to waste it on excuses. I'm going to use it to make a difference. And that doesn't mean you don't go for that, for that promotion. That doesn't mean you try to better yourself. But what it does mean is no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I am going to lean in and be a person of influence. Number one is drop the excuses. Number two, here's the last thing. Number two is step up to the opportunity. You want to be a person of influence, you got to drop the excuses for why God will use you later and just not right now. No, 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 no. Right now, right now, right now today, you got to step up to the opportunity that God is calling us to have of influence. He says there in the rest of the verse, he says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set the believers an example. Watch these five categories. In speech, conduct, love, faith, and impurity. Be an example. I think one of the most amazing verses in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 11.1. It's not on the screen. You don't have to turn there. But in 1 Corinthians 11.1, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul has spent that whole chapter talking about living for the glory of God how to do that. And then in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says this. So follow me as I follow Jesus. Or, or your Bible might say this. Be imitators of me as I am imitating Jesus. And what Paul is saying is this. Listen, guys, if you want to know what it looks like to live for the glory of God, just watch how I live. If you want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus, just watch how I live. What would you do if I stood up next week and said, today I got three points. Be like me, be like me, and be like me, because I'm slaying it. What would you do? You'd be like, bro, that guy is cocky, right? What is that guy? Listen, Paul is not saying, listen, 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 I'm not like the rest of you, you losers who struggle, okay? I'm breathing different air. That's not, listen, you read the Bible, you know Paul's got issues, okay? We know that's true. 
Paul's not saying this. Paul's saying, Paul is saying this. Listen, listen. Live for the glory of God. And if you need an example, I'm willing to be an example. Listen, I don't have it all together, I, but I, I'm willing to let you look at how I live and follow Jesus when things are good or bad. I'm willing to put myself out there and let you look and say, man, he is an example. He doesn't have it all together, but that guy is following Jesus. Would you say that? Would you go to school tomorrow and say, hey, listen, guys, listen, listen. This whole Jesus thing, just watch how I live and you'll get it. Would you do that, would you do that at work? Hey, listen, this whole Jesus thing, just watch, just watch how I live and, and you'll get it. Here's the thing. Everybody in the room is doing this. No, I would never do that. That sounds like the, the worst thing that I could ever possibly do in my life. I would rather get a root canal. Sorry to the dentist, right? Yep. Do you know why we're afraid to do that? And listen, we gotta be careful here, church. We gotta be careful that we so don't emphasize our struggle that we forget the victory we have in Christ. You know, right? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Too many of us are defining ourselves by our struggle. We need to define ourselves by who we are in Christ. So my anxiety doesn't define me. What defines me is that I'm more than a conqueror over the anxiety that Jesus is bringing me out of. Do you understand this? Man, you are not your struggle. You are not your past or your setback. You are who God says you are, and the spirit of power, love, and self-control lives inside of you. So here's what, here's what that means. What that means is you can be an example. Who is gonna be a man of God at your school if you don't do it? Who's gonna be a woman of God at your school if you don't do it? Who is gonna be a man of God at your house If you don't do it, who is going to be a man of God, a woman of God where you work if you don't do it? Say, well, Mark, I struggle with depression. I know. And people need an example of what it looks like to fight depression and follow Jesus. Man, I got cancer. I know. And people need to know what it looks like to follow Jesus with cancer. I, I, I was divorced. God can't use me for influence. I was divorced. I know. And people need to see how God can work through your life through a divorce, in the midst of a divorce, how God won't leave you even though you're walking through that divorce. Do you see this? People need an example. And if people need an example, and if I'm looking around and saying Jesus has called me to be salt and light and I'm the only one there, you know who he must be calling, me, calling to be an example? Me. And you, and you, and every one of us. He says, be an example. He gives us a couple of examples here. Be an example in, in, in your speech. Be an example in the way that you talk. Hey, what do you talk about when you're, around, when you're not around church people? What do you talk about when it's just you and your friends? Hey, guys, 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 guys. What do you talk about when it's just you and the fellows? How, how do you talk about girls when you're with the guys? Do you talk about females like there's some object that you can talk about and, and do whatever you want to in your mind and, and, and when you're with them? Or do you, do you talk about them like there's some object? Listen, if so, it is no wonder why you have no influence for Jesus with your friends. It's no surprise to me. Or, or not, not, even, not even that. How do, you, how do we just talk about people in general? How do we talk about people? Are we gossiping about people and running their reputation through the mud? Well, I heard so-and-so's like this, and I don't really know if that's true, but I'm going to tell you it's true like it is true so you can tell everybody else, and we can ruin their lives. 
And then we wonder why people don't take our invitations to church seriously. It makes, no, it, ma- it makes total sense why they don't want to come to our church. Why? Because in the example of how we talk, we're just like them. He goes on. He says, example is in conduct and how you live. My youth pastor, my youth pastor, when I, when I met Jesus, I was a senior, 1996, my youth pastor, Jeff McIntyre, he used to always say, and I will never forget, it just drilled it in my mind, that sometimes we are the only Jesus people will ever see. Right? And, so, so, and, we're, and we're so worried about saying the right things and making sure we can answer people's questions. Did you know that the way you live always usually trumps what you say? People want to see Jesus in my life. He says, be an example in the way you talk, your con- in love. The way we love this city, the way we want to love people, hello, hello, who aren't like us. If you're a Republican, can you love Democrats? Oh, some of you just got real nervous. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Can you, can you love somebody that might be struggling with same-sex attraction? Can you love the addict? Can you love an atheist? If not, if not, if not, we're never going to win the world, right? He keeps going, speech, conduct, love, faith. What that means, what it means to be an example in faith just means I'm gonna trust God no matter what. That, that, that you know what, if I, got, if I got the money to pay the bills or if I don't, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm gonna walk with God. I'm gonna be an example in faith. This last one's huge. Let's get this last one, then we'll wrap it up. He says, be an example in purity. In purity. Listen to me. If we would be an example here, we would get the world's attention tomorrow. Purity. Being an example in purity means first and foremost that I see that I have been bought with a price and my body is not my own, it is his. And, 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 and the thing that defines me is who I am in Christ. See, the world wants to tell you and I and all of us that, we can, that when it comes to dating, marriage, and sex, we can do whatever we want with whoever we want, whenever we want. And listen, maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. I don't know what's got you here today, but I think that we could all find common ground around the fact that the culture says that's the, that's the way to be free. The path to freedom is just to do whatever you want at any moment with whoever you want. Listen, if that is the path of freedom, why is there so much baggage? Why is there so much shame? Why is there so much regret? That path to freedom does not look very freeing, right? I believe Jesus Christ has a better way. And if we would be an example in purity, when it comes to internet pornography, when it comes to, when it comes to what we do with our own bodies that God has made, when it comes to the way we think about dating, sex, and relationships, if we would be an example here, I am telling you, the world would say, what is up with those people there? He says, listen, listen, Timothy, don't make any excuse. Don't make any excuse. You're not young on accident. And you don't work there on accident, and you don't drive that car on accident, and you're not where you are on accident. It is by design of a sovereign hand to be an example. Because the world right now needs an example. What is stopping you from doing this summit? Can I answer that question? Nothing. That's that's not true. That's not true. The only thing that's stopping you is you. That's it. God is not telling you to not be an example. 
The Holy Spirit is not leading anybody just to kind of keep it hidden and don't influence the world. No, he is calling you out. The only thing stopping us is us. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. What if, what if, what if every person in the room right now said, you know what, I'm gonna let my life be an influence. I'm gonna let my life be an influence for Christ. We know the answer to that question. We know exactly what would happen. Jesus, his ministry lasted three years. Do you know what he did for three years? He invested in 12 people. One of them betrayed him, but Jesus changed the world. Why? Because he invested, multiplied himself into 11 men. And then those 11 people went on and they launched the church. And here we are thousands of years later, worshiping Jesus Christ and praising his name. Why? Because Jesus leveraged his God-given influence to point people to the Father. If you and I did the same, the results will be the same as well. That we would change the world. So here's our challenge and then we're done. Our life groups have been doing something for the past four weeks. If you're in a life group, what I'm about to say is not new to you, but our life groups over the past four weeks, we've been in a series called Multiply and we've been doing, taking what we're doing on Sunday mornings but from a far different angle. And we've been challenging our life groups, if you're in it, we've been challenging our life groups with one challenge for the past three weeks. I'm gonna challenge our whole church with this right now. We challenge our whole church with this. Because when we talk about changing the world, let's be honest, that sounds like a big job, and a lot of us hear that and think, I don't know where to start. Oh, I would love to change the world, but I don't know where to start. Do this. What if next year there is one person in our church that's not here right now, and the thing that God used to bring them in is you? What if next year, what if March 5th, 2018, there is somebody sitting right here in the forum or wherever we're gonna be, What if a year from now there is somebody who knows Jesus that doesn't know him today and the thing that God uses is you? There's somebody that's walking with Jesus who's not walking with Jesus right now and the thing that God uses is you. Listen, there is nothing stopping you from doing that. Say, I don't know what to say. I don't know the answers. Here's what you do know. You do know how he has changed your life. Amen? You do know what it's like to pray and God answered it. You do know what it's like to have Jesus walk through the storms of life with you. Nobody can take that away from you, Summit. Nobody can. There is nothing better that we can give our lives to than to influencing and pointing people to Jesus Christ. What if we did it? All of us, every one of us, over the next year, we would do it for one person. And then the next year, they did it, and we did it again, and we did it again, and we did it again. You know what? We would win the world. Bow your heads and pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we just, we just come to you, God, right now in this moment of prayer. And, and Father, the, there's, there's, there's so much pull in all kinds of different directions to give our lives to so many different things. And over it all, you are calling us to give our lives to the one great thing, and that great thing is you. We were made by you, saved by you, those who are followers of Jesus. And we are not saved to keep it to ourselves. We are not saved to come to church and then to go about our lives like nothing has happened. We are saved to have influence. And every one of us have it. Every one of us has it right now. And I pray that, Jesus, you would make us bold, You would give us courage that God in every school, in every restaurant, in every neighborhood, in every place where 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 any anybody is working, Father, where wherever we are, we are the church, and we have an opportunity to influence people. 
So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, my question is simply this today. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to give your life to the pursuit of making a lot of money? And being popular and getting a lot of online followers and getting a good house and, and an amazing car. You can absolutely do that. You can absolutely do that. And listen, when you die, it'll die with you. But a million years from now, that car and your online followers won't matter. But a million years from now, Jesus will. So if you are here today and God has spoken to you today and, and your heart's desire is to say, Jesus, I want, you to, I, want, I, want to, I want my life to influence people for you. Jesus, I want people to see you in me. I want you to use my life to show people who you are. If that's your prayer and desire, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now if that's your prayer and desire. I want people to see you in my life. Raise, my, raise your hand. I want to be an influence for Christ in my school, where I work, at home, where I live, all over. I want to be an influence for Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. Hands are going up all over this place, all over this place. Hands are going up, hands are going up, hands are going up. God, that is our prayer. That is our desire today, that we would not live our lives for ourselves, but we would live it for the one we were made to live it for, Jesus. And as we continue in the spirit of prayer, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. If today you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you want him to come into your life and save you and change you, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this, these, this prayer is not, a ma- not magic words, but I'm just trying to help you verbalize what God might be doing in your heart. And th- now listen to me for a second before we do this. This is not a get out of hell free card, stamp your ticket to heaven, and you can live however you want. That's not what we're doing here. Every week we give people the opportunity to give their life to Jesus and what that means is we are giving you an opportunity to start a relationship with him and Jesus wants to be your savior and your Lord. And what that simply means is this. If you are here today and you say, I need Jesus Christ in my life and I wanna begin to live for him starting today and follow him for the rest of my life. I'm not gonna be perfect, but I want him to be my Lord and change me. If today you wanna do that, you wanna be saved today, pray this prayer with me right where you're at. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you right now in this moment. I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back from the dead for me. Thank you for salvation. It's in Jesus' name. No one is looking around. No eyes are open or anything. If you just prayed that prayer, I would love for you to raise your hand here in just a moment just so I can encourage you and and pray with you. We're not going to ask you to do anything to uh, embarrass you or anything like that. But Jesus does say, listen, if you you confess to know me, you're going to confess it before people. And so if you gave your life to Jesus, I'm going to challenge you. Don't go home today until you tell somebody. And you can do that right now. And I'll give you some more instruction. But if, if you're here today and you gave your life to Jesus, today you made the decision to, to follow him for the very first time and you want to be saved. I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, just raise your hand high into the air. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now. If today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, raise it right now. Amen. Father, we thank you for today and for this time. Thank you, Jesus, that, that what we have done today, God, you are going to use it to radically change lives. So God, I pray that we, as we depart right now, this wouldn't leave us, but it would stick with us and we'd be different because of it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Summer, let's praise God for today. Let's thank God for how good he is, that he lets us do this, that he gives us lives of influence. And here's what I want to say. Our volunteers are already in place, and we would love to know how to pray for you, encourage you. So check that uh, check those boxes or fill out that information and you can put it on your connection card. But if you are new, first or second time guest, make sure you get that welcome table. We'd love to give you a free gift today. Hey, let's give it up one more time for Frontline, man. Thank them for coming here today. Awesome, awesome. Hey, guys, man, love you. Praying for you guys this week. Let's go be the church in the world this week, all right? Love you guys. You are dismissed. Thanks, guys.